Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that is not just information, but impartation and activation. This podcast offers supernatural conversations that will encourage and equip you to live the Spirit-empowered life. Fireborn Ministries exists to see Jesus awaken this generation to the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen in to this powerful and encouraging conversation and share this episode of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. And guys, welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky, right here on the beginning of season five, Adventures in the Spirit. It's been an amazing last four seasons interviewing people, but every once in a while dropping in uh, some of my teachings and things like that and seeing God do amazing things around the world through this. People receive healing, salvation, the spirit baptism, the wonderful Holy Spirit while listening in and being activated through the prayers and the biblical applications that we do on this. I want to encourage you guys. I've got a free download for you if you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's in the podcast description on Apple, on Spotify, uh, places like that. And you could uh, go through that Bible study, draw near to Jesus, who is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. And I do also want to praise God and thank God for my partners, people who pray, who give towards this ministry as we've opened up two branches of Bible schools, Bible colleges in Pakistan with 185 students for the glory of God going through that. So thank you so much for being part of the Fireborn Ministries, Bible colleges in Pakistan, two branches for the glory of God. But guys, I'm excited for today's podcast interview, which is why I'm making it episode one or two for season five. I'm bringing to you guys Rick Dubose, who's the Assistant General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God. He's a member of the executive leadership team uh, with the Assemblies of God. He serves in leadership positions where he has been for the last two, two decades and he's a pastor, author, and he currently lives in Missouri with his wife, and he's the author of the book In Jesus' Name. So today we're talking about the power of Jesus' name. I've got a book right there. So please help me welcome Rick DeBose to Adventures in Spirit. Welcome, Rick. It's good to be with you, Jared, and thank you for this opportunity to participate with you and celebrate the Holy Spirit. Celebrate the Holy Spirit. Dude, go. (laughs) Can you share your story of the Holy Spirit in your life? Yeah, well, I was a kid, and... uh, I grew up in a in a spirit filled church, so I my dad was a pastor. I, I speaking in tongues and all that goes with it was a part of my of my life growing up. I was about eight or nine years old at a one of those camps. You take all the kids away to a camp, you know, during the summer, and uh, the guy preached on the on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He invited us to come forward, and that's where I was first uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And my life has been led by him ever since, and it's been dynamic. I do a lot of teaching now, Jared, on uh, how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, how to uh, how to understand how the Spirit leads the church, and blah blah blah. So I'm I'm all in. So you're my kind of guy. I just want you to know that up front. Well, thank you so very much, uh, man. He got a hold of me radically when I was 18 years old, and I've never mm-hmm. been the same since. There have been some other things through my life that, man, without him, I don't know where I'd be. Especially yeah. here recently, this last year, 2023. Wow, man. But now I'm solely focused on him, his ministry. I've been doing the ministry for 25 years and have had to have one foot in a different job or different thing at a time. But my heart, my passion is the Holy Spirit is Jesus, who is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Uh, 
At Fireborn Ministries, we evangelize the lost, equip the saved, empower the saint with excellence in serving. But Rick, you've got this book out that I loved. I devoured it. It's called In Jesus's Name. And you talk about five altars of prayer that move heaven and earth. And you have this supernatural encounter in one of the first chapters. I'd love for you to share. I don't want you to give away too many of the secrets of it, but please share a part of that supernatural encounter with this revelation. I'll do it. It was a it was a morning prayer time and I was kneeling to pray. And I said, as I, you know, often did, Lord, I want to come in your throne room this morning. Kind of a Hebrews prayer. Uh, the difference is that morning, the Lord said, OK, and he began to show me the throne room. It was a it was a revelation of not obviously not the whole throne room, but the things he needed me to see for what he was doing in my life. Yeah. And in that moment, I, I was I was as though I was standing in a in a balcony level or a mezzanine level overlooking uh, down, looking down into an area. As I looked down, I saw what John in revelation described as the 24 elders encircling the throne with the throne of God way on my left side, starting at his right hand was a great circle that came back around to his left hand. Remember they asked one asked, can I be on your right hand and the other on your left? He didn't deny that. He just said it was not mine to give. Who's going to sit there? And that is how it's structured. So that this great circle of the earth, when I looked into the middle, I saw the again, John called it the sea of glass. When I saw the sea of glass, I realized that as I looked at it, I could see the entire earth. Um, declared before us. Every part of it was seen. Nothing was hidden from God. And the scripture the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear was, in my ear was remember, the Father declared that the heavens are his throne, but the earth is his footstool. His feet seated upon that glass were actually seated on the entire earth so that all the earth could be exposed. Now, I, I know, I know we have this globe and it circles. I, I get that. But in the spiritual dynamic of heaven, there's a revelation of the entire earth before God. And I saw it. Jesus was walking on that sea of glass and he would get to certain places and he would stop and intercede. He would look at the father and he would pray. His prayer was so dynamic uh, that it was John said it this way. His voice sounded like many waters. When I heard it, I wanted to put the emphasis not on the volume of a great waterfall, but but on the many that he was able to pray thousands of prayers at one time. He could pray, take all the prayers that were being prayed and just multiply them and bring them out so that when we're praying in Jesus's name, the power of that prayer comes up to Jesus and his prayer explodes it in intercession before the father that that Jesus's name begin to have an impact on me. That's, that's where the name of the book comes from praying with Jesus in the power and the authority of Christ. Now, as he prayed, I noticed that uh, toward the father, I noticed angels were coming down from above me. And when I looked up, I saw one more time, let's go back to John in revelation. He saw it, the angels encircling the throne. It's a great stadium of angels. John says 10,000 times 10,000, whether or not he's trying to give us an exact count or or the reality that it was beyond counting. Uh, we're not sure, but we know this, there's a lot of angels and those angels would come down as they were being assigned and they would pass through that sea of glass going to their assignment. And then I thought of so many angel stories that are declared in the scripture, sometimes two, sometimes remember, remember that when Jesus was born, 
This is not in the book. But remember when Jesus was born and uh, the shepherds came out and saw the host, the heavenly host uh, singing and giving glory unto God. That's exactly what it was. God actually moved that glass so that when they looked up, they saw past that and they could see the angels of heaven singing and, and glorifying God in the highest at the birth of Christ. It was dynamic. I saw that. I saw this interaction. Finally, um, I saw some folks that had passed away. They would come up through the through the glass and Jesus was there to greet them and point them up into where I was, which was I realized then back to Hebrews that I stood in that great cloud of witnesses. And around yeah. me were other people that had already or people that had already passed on. They were still witnessing what God was doing on the earth. I realized I saw one grandfather, grandmother kind of couple. I just knew that. How do I know? I don't know. You just know because God wants you to know. And they were seeing yeah. their grandson get saved on the earth. For them, all the rest of the earth didn't matter. But God just magnified that where they could see it. And they were celebrating. And the Holy Spirit said, why did they, why were they called here out of heaven? Why were they called to the throne room in this moment? I don't know. He said, because their prayer was being answered. He said, your prayers live longer than you do. Your prayers live eternally. And the prayers you pray make a difference. And so people whose prayers were being answered were being allowed to come and see the fulfillment of what they had prayed for on earth. I, uh, I remembered the scripture I remember the scripture in Acts when Stephen was stoned and Stephen made the declaration, look, I see Jesus standing at the father's right hand. That was that glass being removed so that he could look up and see into the fullness of that. All of that became real to me. And I tell more about it in the book. Uh, As you said, I can't do it all right now, but it was a dynamic moment for me. So when it was over, the Holy Spirit, and it didn't take very long. We're talking a few minutes. He gave me all that he wanted me to see, and then it was over. And he asked me, uh, what did you learn? Wow, what did I learn? I said, first of all, I learned that heaven and earth are not that far apart, that I, that right there is the earth in the midst of the heavens. He said, that's right. The kingdom of heaven is always at hand. Oh, yeah, you said that, Lord. He also said, um, the heaven and earth are one, really. He said, you notice when I declare in Peter that I destroy the heaven and earth. I destroy both at the same time, and then I make a new heaven and earth because the spiritual and the natural are so intertwined that this process in heaven, the way they work together, I said, really powerful, powerful. And I'm just trying to comprehend it. He said, what else did you learn? I said, I learned that when Jesus prayed with more fervency, heaven got more active. I noticed that when he interceded with more fervency, he said, good, good. Why did he, why did that happen? I said, I don't know. He said, as he moved around the earth, he was stepping in. Remember, remember he also said, uh, John said in Revelation, Jesus walked among the candlesticks, which are the churches. He said, as Jesus moves among the church, going into stepping into times of prayer and places of prayer and people of prayer. He said his intensity increased when he stepped into your intensity. That's why James made the declaration that the fervent prayer, the righteous availeth much. And when you pray with faith and fervency into God, in the name of Jesus, you're empowering the prayers of Jesus and the prayers of Jesus. I said, what? So the bottom line is this, that prayer moves heaven and heaven moves earth. He said, that's it. You just nailed it. He said, remember, remember later on in the book of Revelation, Jesus gets to the seals, the seven seals, and he opens one of them. This isn't in the book either, but he opens one of the seals. And immediately when he opens a seal in heaven, the focus of the book of Revelation goes to earth because things start happening on earth. Something happens in heaven and then something happens on earth. 
And he said, if you want to change or impact your circumstance in earth, you've got to change what's going on in heaven. How do you do it? You do it at an altar. You do it in prayer. And prayer is the most powerful thing you will ever do in all your life. Take all your preaching, all your teaching, all your leading. They have an impact and they have an importance and you're called to do those. But none of those all added together will match what you can do in prayer. Prayer is always your highest priority. Learn to pray, change heaven, and you'll change the earth. And that's what came out of that time that morning. And that's a lot of what the book is about. You can hear God's voice and prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created Entry-Level Prophecy eCourse on CharismaCourses.com. Through this powerful eCourse, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You will gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged, comforted, and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to charismacourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy. Yeah, it's a powerful book. I mean, I, I read it from cover to cover. Uh, loved it. So it was over the Christmas break. But man, emphasizing prayer, I think we're missing that right now. We're missing, I mean, how many churches really have prayer meetings? True. Very, very few. True. Let's just be real. I mean, I, I love the church. I love the body of Christ. But we need to emphasize prayer once again. We need to be a house of prayer for all nations. And so I, I want to get off. I don't want to get on the soapbox here real quick. But Rick, you share some to- a story of how I, like you were in the youth ministry, I, I believe you were in the youth ministry, but you had a revelation of, of prayer, of, of surrender, and you know, and then seeing God move through that. Can you share on that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's a that's a. I could get lost in that story, and when I first went into the ministry, I I didn't want to be in the ministry. It wasn't my desire. God did a work in my heart, called me there, and and forced the issue, and I accepted it. When I got there, I realized he had called me to do something I didn't know how to do. And so I began to learn how to pray and ask God, Lord, help me. Teach me teach me how to do this. I, I made a daily place where I spent every day at lunchtime. I would go into this place of prayer at the church that had hired me to be their youth pastor. What were they thinking? You know, that's what I'm wondering. And uh, so I'm, I'm going back there and I'm seeking God and things begin to happen and God began to teach me. The first thing he taught me was the promise of the Lord's prayer where Jesus made this declaration that if you'll get alone with me in secret, then I'll bless you in public. Now that's, that's a little rewording. I get it, but that's really what he was saying. If you'll learn to spend time with me in secret, I'll take care of the other. And the more I prayed, the more I began to know what to say, what to do, how to lead. And the more God blessed and anointed everything I did in youth ministry. The next thing I know, we got all these kids coming from, all over the city and we're having an impact in schools begin things begin to happen but i could tie it directly to my time in prayer that was the first time i began to learn the power of prayer 
then God gave me Psalms 139. And Psalms 139, David is the writer of the psalm. But he made the comment that when I was knit together in my mother's womb, he uses that term. He goes a little deeper and said, when I was formed in the secret place. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is the secret place that Jesus is speaking of, is there any connection to the secret place David is speaking of in the psalm? So I'll begin to study that out. You know what I believe? I believe when we learn to really go back and create an altar that's private, a secret altar behind closed doors, we go into that secret place in a sense, in the spiritual sense. Remember, heaven and earth are intertwined. We're going back into the place where we were made, where we were forged, where we were formed. That our purpose for being made the way we are, the only place that we can really understand ourselves is to go to the secret place because God made us for a purpose. He made us with gifts and didn't give us things we shouldn't have, gave us what we should have, designed us uniquely for a purpose. The only way I can know that and understand even how I'm made is to go back to the secret place where I was formed and forged. He even says my days were numbered in that place. I believe that when he taught us in that in that prayer to go get our daily bread, that going back to our secret places where we discover. I teach it like this. When when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, he gave them manna every day. That description of manna, it says it formed as dew. And if you understand dew, and you, it's not hard. We all went to school. When the air is, gets to a certain temperature, the water gets heavier. Then the air, it falls to the ground and, and there's moisture on the ground. How does that work in us? Well, when we pray the prayers that need to be prayed, that which is kept in the supernatural takes on natural and it falls at our feet the way manna fell at their feet. When I am going to receive my daily bread back into my secret place, my daily supply, things begin to shift in my life. Things begin to be released to me. They're the will of God, the plan of God. He's already laid them aside for me, but whether or not they manifest has to do with whether or not I ask for them. James says, you have not because you ask not. And when I begin to develop that personal secret place of prayer, I begin to find the provisions of God, both in the things I need for ministry and the call of God, but also the things I need personally, things I need in my family. I begin to connect quickly that my prayer life produced things in the natural by going into the supernatural. And then I begin to learn who I was supposed to be. I begin to know what God had for me for this day, marked out in the secret place. So I considered that secret place behind a natural door to be something where I'm going behind a supernatural door and I'm finding an encounter with God. That was pretty dynamic for me. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that. What is some of the powerful things that we can expect to see Jesus do when we pray in Jesus's name? Uh, incredible. Incredible. First of all, first of all, he will cleanse us. <laughs> when I began to, I first began to pray regularly, I found out that every day there was a cleansing part. There was a washing of the water by the word of God. There was a, sometimes convictions of sin that weren't great sins, but it was God saying, I'm going to sanctify you that there was a change that kept happening in me constantly, sometimes very dramatic, drastic, sometimes just a slight change. But there was always something good happening in me in my development. I was becoming more like Christ at a much more rapid pace when I was praying regularly. So there's, there's that. Number two, the things that I need in life are dropping at my feet like handfuls on purpose. They begin to come. There's a shift in that. Number three, 
I began to know where to go and what to do and when to do it. I learned to walk in rhythm with God. I don't get ahead of him, but I understand that he's got a, an atmosphere, a season, an opportunity created for today that makes today unique. And I learned how to take advantage of each day. According, All of that began to happen in rhythm for me. And it began to shift everything. And out of that came the five altars that I speak of in the book. That, And you notice when I wrote the book, you've already read it, Jared. So sometimes I'm speaking to a pastor and sometimes I'm speaking to the individual. I kind of bounce back and forth because if the church doesn't move into prayer, it's harder for people. And if the people aren't moving into prayer, it's harder for the church. So the two really need to go hand in hand as they develop a deeper time of prayer. Amen. Yeah, brother. Um, what is your favorite altar of prayer that you write about in the book? Probably my private altar. But my second one, my second one and is uh, is the, the altar that we describe where it's it's a it's a support altar for the pastor or leader. Uh, it's a it's an altar that's designed where here's how I describe it, Jared. I, you've read it in the book, but it's when Moses was up on the mountain and he pulled together a support team. He had two men, one on his right, one on his left, that held his hands up. And when when the one called the authority, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, when that one called in leadership was supported by others, then Joshua, who's in the valley leading the army, would win as long as his hands were up. When Moses' hands would drop, we would see that the enemy of Israel would begin to win and push Israel back. So they knew to keep his hands up in prayer, supporting him, keeping him there until they won the battle. And it's that dynamic altar that we talk about early in the book that is created around the pastor. I say to those of you listening today that you may not be the pastor, but to surround that man or woman of God in prayer, keeping those hands high in prayer shifts the whole church. Your family wins when the man of God and woman of God are in prayer. The church wins. The city wins. There's a shift that takes place. We keep them in prayer. So I always wanted to put a support staff around me in prayer that would pray for me and pray with me. And the dynamic of that prayer wasn't ever large. In my case, it would be five or six is all there were in that room. We've met every week to this day at the National Office of the Assemblies of God. I have six people that meet with me every Tuesday morning at seven o'clock. And from seven to eight, they pray with me and for me because of the dynamic of that. And as they keep my hands up, those things that I'm responsible for down in the battlefield, we win those things. It shifts that. That's such an important part of the prayer. So that's one of the major altars. One of the major altars, Jerry. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Rick, I, I kind of feel led to ask you to pray for people. Number one, to if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, yeah. to come to Jesus. Because ch chances are this could be picked up and, and shown in Pakistan overseas because they, they love my content. <laughs> okay, And they'll put it on their TV channels and things like that. And so you never know who in a hut somewhere yeah. is watching this. So lead them to Jesus. Number two, pray for healing. Number three, lead people in the baptism with the Holy Spirit, if you don't mind. Sure, love to, love to, thank you. All right, everyone, let's just go to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray for those who do not know you, those who are starting to believe in you, 
you're already revealing yourself to them. There's something inside of them that's created a hunger and a desire. And they're beginning to believe that Jesus really is the son of God. Jesus really died on a cross for the sins of all of us. He really rose from the dead, defeating death, sin, and the devil. You've done this, but they've not made a commitment. I pray for them today to declare their belief. For you said, if you believe in your heart and declare it with your mouth, you will be saved. They need to declare it. I pray they would follow me in this prayer, Lord. Help them. In the name of Jesus, I give my life to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I declare, I believe Jesus is Lord and Savior. I believe he is the Son of God and the only way to be forgiven of sin and saved. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I receive you, Lord, and I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I turn away from my old life, and I receive right now, this moment, a new life in you, a new beginning right now, living my life with you in it and me in you. In Jesus' name, I receive that. Amen. Now, if you're sick, if you're sick, I just want you to put your hand on the part of your body that represents your sickness. If it's emotional, put your hand up on your head. If it's if it's a fear thing, put your if it's physical, you put your hand on your heart. If you have a knee, put your hand on your knee. The Bible teaches us to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I can't do it for you, so you're going to do it for me. Lay your hands on that spot. Now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you that you took stripes on your back from a whip that opened your flesh. You took that on the way to the cross to purchase our redemption. And according to your scripture, it's by those stripes that healing was purchased in your body, that you took healing with you as a part of the redemption process and the atonement to the cross. So that when you rose from the dead, you not only defeated sin, you defeated sickness. And now by those stripes, we declare healing in the lives of those who are listening right now, wherever their hand is, God, and whatever it represents in their life. I pray a great faith would arise up in their heart. Holy Spirit, let your gift of healing manifest now, right now, right now. That's it right there. Just receive in the name of Jesus. You are healed in the name of Jesus. Some of you are feeling a burning sensation. It's a fire of God. It's just bringing healing. Don't be afraid of that. It's a healing sensation. Celebrate and thank God for it. Some of you, you're not feeling anything, but it's just as real. It's just as real. In the name of Jesus, I want you to say to the Lord right now, thank you for healing me. Thank you for being my healer. Thank you for the healing power. I receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, when Jesus left, he said, I don't want to leave you as orphans or alone. I want to send my Holy Spirit. He's going to enable you and help you. He's going to guide you. And he's going to give you power in a time where you're going to really need it. He's going to be a teacher to you. He's going to help you. He's going to open your heart and your mind so you can understand what you couldn't understand. He's there for you. I'm going to baptize you into him. That word baptizing me, you're into him and he gets into you and you're saturated, full of the Holy Spirit. Right now, 
just receive. He's ready to pour. He's right. He's already with you. You already sense him. Now, in the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, as that anointing begins to flood you, you begin to realize it. He's going to want to speak through your mouth. He will want to take a different language than the one you're comfortable with. Don't hold that back. Release it. Something happens. There's a whole new level that's released. You'll begin to pray things you don't understand with your mind, but your spirit understands and prays in line with Jesus. Just begin to pray in that language. It may be a foreign language or a heavenly language. It doesn't matter. Don't even try to figure that out. Just let it flow. In the name of Jesus right now, receive and release. Receive and release the fullness of the work of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we accept this, Father, and we thank you for what you're doing right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So while people are still receiving, worshiping Jesus, receiving their spiritual prayer language through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, um, this is a podcast. Keep speaking in tongues, guys. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit continue to flow through you as you focus on Jesus. But this has been a powerful time with my new friend, Rick DeBose. Rick, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information and also purchase your book in Jesus' name? Very good. Just type Richard DuBose, like one word, all small cap, dot com. And you can go to my website and all kinds of information is there. Uh, and and I and it doesn't matter to me if you go to uh, Google. I mean, if you go to the book, uh, buy the book through some other process that you use, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to make sure you get the book. But if you, the easiest way is to go to my account, but otherwise go to Amazon, go somewhere and, and get the book. And I believe it'll speak to you as it has to, at this point, thousands of others. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And also, guys, while you go to Amazon, you could also get my book, The Baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's doing well. It's, you know, people are going through that book. I mean, dude, being filled with the Holy Spirit. But uh, I'd encourage you guys to get a copy of In Jesus' Name by my new friend Rick DeBose and get a copy of my book, The Baptism with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I've got a free download for you available in the podcast description how to receive the baptism with the holy spirit rick i want to have you back soon I want to uh, i'm expecting more resources more books coming your way maybe a sequel or something too, in jesus name. we'll see but thank you so much for being my special guest on adventures in the spirit brother thank you so much for listening to adventures in the spirit with jared lasky a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends leave a five-star rate and review which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the holy spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com and may you live your best spirit empowered life and have your own adventures in the holy spirit